All right. Good morning. My name is Dave. I'm the lead pastor here at Connect. If you're joining us here on uh, our third birthday today, Connect Church is three years old. You may not realize that. September the 8th of 2013, we had our very first Sunday morning service uh, publicly here, and uh, we got through everything. Yes. through some tornadoes and some <laughs> various different things over the years, but uh, God has been with us, and it's been an amazing time. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's happened over the last three years, and also talk a little bit about the future this morning. But before I jump into that, because you're probably wondering what that jar is I was carrying on the stage, so um, I wonder if we have any parents here this morning who your kids are at that age where they're just starting to learn to drive. Uh, maybe they've just got their license and they've started driving. It's a terrifying time, isn't it, parents? Let's be honest. So um, we, uh, uh, I don't want to embarrass this particular child, but uh, one of my children is uh, at that stage <laughs> of his life currently. So uh, we've been driving together. It's been going really well. He's doing really good. And, um, I, you know, we've been talking about different things. So the other day, um, an oil light came on in the car, and I said, oh, I'm going to have to add some oil to the engine. That's telling me that the uh, oil may be a little bit low there. So he's He's like, well, what's that about? I said, well, you know, the engine needs oil. He's like, why? I said, well, there's lots of moving parts. Like, I don't have any idea, but I'm trying to explain to him this. There's all this metal inside the engine, and it's rubbing up against each other, you know. So you want the oil to keep it lubricated and, and moving smoothly. He's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I said, so I'll have to buy some oil. He says, okay. He said, um, so when you get the oil, do you just, like, pour it all over the engine, or do you just... <laughs> No, no, maybe, maybe don't do that. Um, and I realized, wow, I guess we're really going to go through every different thing here about where the gas goes, where the oil goes, where the water goes. So I'm trying to figure those things out myself now so that I can uh, properly teach him. But this morning, I actually want to talk about oil. Okay, I actually brought a little jar of oil with me because there's a story that um, I've been thinking about a lot over the last month, and you're going to find out why here in a second, but it's about a lady in the Old Testament. She was a widow, and all she had was a small jar of oil. And uh, she had this encounter with God through Elisha the prophet, and we're going to read about that right now. You can find it in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And it goes like this. One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets, she came to Elisha and cried out, My husband, who served you, is dead. And you know how he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? She said, nothing at all except a flask of olive oil. So Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing the jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. And he said, there aren't any more. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God, Elisha, when she told him what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. You see, in this time, olive oil may not seem like much to you, but it was a commodity, a commodity that people needed. They needed it for fuel, for food. They even used it to put on their faces to, to make themselves appear more healthy. 
So everyone in that culture would have had oil. So if you had oil, it had value. You could buy and sell and trade with oil. So even though this widow only had a small amount of olive oil, it was enough for God to take and perform a miracle that would rescue this woman from her poverty. There's a couple of things that I've learned about this story as we go into what I want to talk about this morning. The first is that I've discovered that God wants to use what you've got. God wants to use what you've got. However small or insignificant it might feel, however small the, the talent, the gift, the resource, whatever it is you might feel you have, and you may think, well, I can't do much with this. In God's hands, you'll be able to do far more than you ever imagined. You know, three years ago, Connect Church launched. But it was actually more like four years ago, a little over four years ago, that this journey began. I was working for a church in Peoria called Riverside Community Church, and I was very happy there. Um, I, I got a little confession for you here this morning. There was nothing in me that wanted to be a pastor. It's true. I, I, obviously, I was a pastor at this church, and I've been in ministry for over 20 years. But there was no part of Dave Jane that thought, man, I want to lead a church of my own. I want to be a pastor of my own church. That just that hadn't really um, surfaced in my life. And one day, about four years ago, my, my pastor, John King, the pastor of Riverside Community Church, he said, hey, Dave. He says, I think that God may have more um, in your future than you're aware of. I actually think that he, he may be moving you towards a new position, maybe a leading a church of your own. And I remember thinking, no, <laughs> I'm just fine right here. I was the associate pastor there. I was enjoying it. He was the man in charge. He had to deal with all the big decisions. I just got to kind of sit in on some meetings and preach every now and again, and I liked it. I remember coming home and talking to Casey, and we were like, oh, I don't know. That wasn't really kind of what we were moving towards. But I started to pray about it because he said that, you know, God had kind of showed him that this was in me. So I was praying, saying, well, God, what would you want to use inside of me? What could I do? And the truth is, even though I'd never really had this desire to, to be the pastor of my own church, we'd talked a few times, Casey and I, about what it would be like if we could start a church in Washington. It was just this kind of tiny dream, tiny vision. It was almost like a, it's never going to happen, but what if? And the reason we kind of thought, man, this is never going to happen, because we knew all the resources and all the energy and all the people and, and everything it would take to make that happen. But at the same time, Casey and I, we loved living here in Washington. Casey was born in Washington, grew up here all her life. I wasn't born in Washington. May come as a surprise to some of you. I was born further east, uh, Eureka. Um, <laughs> no. No, Casey's shaking her head. Move on, Dave. Um, but I love Washington. This is home to me now. My family are here. My kids are here. And we had friends in our community, some of whom, many of whom, weren't followers of Jesus, didn't have a church home of their own. So we would share with them what Jesus means to us, share with them our relationship with Jesus. And then we come to that point of inviting them to join us at church one weekend. And they said, well, where do you go to church? We said, Peoria. Oh, I'm not going all the way to Peoria on a Sunday. It's 15 minutes. It's not... <laughs> But it might as well have been the other side of the world because no one was going to drive. So, so we would talk, Casey and I, about wouldn't it be cool if, if there was a church here in Washington that we were a part of that we could invite our neighbors and our friends and these people that don't know Jesus. So, so this kind of dream, but to me, all it felt like was just this tiny jar of olive oil. Because realistically and logistically, I thought, man, that's just not going to happen. I can't see that happening. 
But what God's been reminding me this week is, you know what, Dave? That's all I needed. All I needed was a small jar of olive oil. God wants to use what you've got. It may seem small. It may seem insignificant. It may not seem like enough. But God wants to use what you've got. So we stepped out in faith and we decided to start this journey and others joined us and, and many of them, all they brought to the table was their own small jar of olive oil, whether that was talents, resources, finances, whatever it was. And, and this launch team kind of started and we prayed together and we dreamed together. And then three years ago, this weekend, we started Connect Church. And I am constantly, constantly amazed by just what God has done. Over these last three years, I am so humbled and just so grateful for, to God for all the lives that have been changed, all the stories that we can tell. And this morning, in case you've um, only joined us recently or within the last three years, I'm going to give you a little highlight of what's been going on around here for the last three years. So check out this video. You are go all the way. Everything looks good. Roger.
just a very brief highlight of so many things that have happened over the last three years. One of the fun things when we were creating that video was we discovered that uh, over the last three years, sometimes it was on Mother's Day and then other times we've, um, we've had family pictures taken and we were finding family pictures from the last three years where families have grown in uh, size and number. <laughs> there are more, more members of the family in the most recent pictures than there were uh, some of those earlier ones. It's just been a fantastic three years. Locally, we've seen some amazing things happen. Just like the video said, 86 people baptized, um, which is why we do what we do. We've got a baptism service coming up here in a couple of months. And, and, and if you're not sure why we do that, it's because it's an opportunity for those who have found Jesus, who have said, I want to follow Jesus with all of my heart, to go public with their faith. To say, I want others to know that this is how much Jesus means to me. And I know that there will be some of you who are sat here right now, and you may even be having the argument in your head right now, but you will be here next month, or I think it's in October, when we have our next baptism service. Because you want to go public. You want people to know the difference that Jesus has made in your life. We've seen so many small groups grow over the last uh, few years. We, we have small groups in kids and youth, but we've had over 100 people right now in small groups, and we've got more joining us in the fall. We've seen some great things happen with Connect Kids and Connect Youth. Hundreds of kids, hundreds of teenagers over the years um, go through these programs. We love being involved in our community. Connect Church loves to be able to give back in whatever way we can. So we've served uh, Good Neighbor Days. We've, we've had, been in the um, homecoming fray. We've done Family Fun Fest just as a blessing to people that live here in Washington. You know, if you're new within the last year, coming up in a couple of weeks on the 23rd is, is Homecoming Parade. It's September the 23rd. And, and we actually want to involve as many of you as possible. So if you can't be there that day, you can bring candy, you can make a donation in the foyer and that'll help buy candy because we want to have as much candy as possible to throw out. We want to make sure that people know that Connect Church has plenty of candy. That's important. <laughs> but we also want you to join us. Last year we had a huge crowd that came out. You get a free Connect Church t-shirt because we want as much orange there as possible. And uh, it's just a fun event. So if you want to be in the parade, you're welcome to join us. Now, I know that there are some parents here, some kids who are worried because last week I had a parent ask this question. They didn't want to be in the parade because they wanted to get candy. <laughs> they didn't want to throw candy. They wanted to be candy thrown at them. Well, we figured that out. So all the candy we have, we actually set off a little pile to the side and we make up big bags of candy and we keep those at the end of the parade route so that every kid who's in the parade gets a big bag of candy to take home as well and some of the little footballs that we throw out. So, so you can still be in the parades and parents as well. I know that's a legitimate concern for some of you. You can still be in the parade and receive candy at the end. So check out that sign out on the way out. But we love being involved in that community. We love giving back to community organizations. There are some things that Connect has, has kind of started to figure out doing well within Connect Church itself. But there are other organizations here locally and, and in the central Illinois area where we think, man, they do it so well. Let's just support them. So Threads Hope and Love and Young Lives and Snack Pack. We've, we've helped with some of these great programs. And I say we, you guys are amazing. Every time over the last three years we've had some kind of need or some kind of opportunity to give, I'm just always blown away. Whether it's school supplies or food, uh, finances to help teen mums go to camp, you guys have just always stepped up. And I just love being a part of a church that has such a high um, desire to want to give back and impact others. And you do that so well. So good job, Connect Church. I want to give you a little, uh, give yourselves a little round of applause there. 
So over three years, we've seen God do so much locally. Nationally, as a little church here in Washington, Illinois, we've been able to get behind some other churches who their journey has, has just recently begun or is about to begin. So there are two churches in particular, one of them there today up in um, Maple Grove, Minnesota. They are celebrating their one-year anniversary. So a year ago, we'll pull these pictures up here, Scott and Holly Mendenhall, the couple there on the left, they started Unlock Church. We support them. When we took that offering this morning, some of the money that you give on a regular basis goes to helping another church like Connect do in their community what Connect Church is doing in Washington. There's another church that we've just started to support called Serve Community Church. They haven't even started yet. They're where we were a little over three years ago. They're meeting in a community center and they're dreaming about what might happen and they're, they're strategizing and they're planning and their launch team is getting ready to launch. And I'm just so thrilled that we play a part in these churches and that one day in three, four, five years, these pastors will be standing on their stages telling stories and watching videos like we got to watch this morning. And you're a part of that. Globally, Connect Church has had an impact globally. I love that we've helped organizations like Operation Christmas Child. And last Christmas, we helped Bite Back, which is Compassion's um, work to help get malaria nets. And again, you guys did great. And then such a big part of my heart is working with an organization called Compassion. Many of you have sponsored children around the world, and in particular in Ecuador, a country that we've really tried to focus in on and help. So much so that me and a couple of crazy guys earlier this summer decided to ride our bikes all the way from Washington to Chicago to raise money to help build a church in this community. We raised $10,000. Our goal was $5,000. And we were able to help. You can actually see that's, that's the church being built right now. There are children in a community that two years ago had no um, local church to tie in with, no compassion organization to help with food and clothing and health education. And now they do because you and others in this area stepped up to help connect church, help others globally. So locally, nationally, globally, it blows me away that God has done so much in three years with just a small flask of oil. Because honestly, I'm really not trying to be like overly humble. I felt when Case and I were talking about planting this church, that's kind of how I felt. Like, what, what have we got? But like you saw from that story, God says, that's, that's all I need. All I need is a flask of oil because I can multiply that and do miracles with it. And I want you to be encouraged this morning. If you are a part of Connect Church this morning, you can celebrate with us all that God has done over the last three years. But the same promise applies to you. God wants to take what, what you have. You may think it's small. I'm not sure if I could be used by God in this area. I'm not sure I could do much. You know, all God wants is a small flask of oil because he wants to perform a miracle in your life. And that's the second thing I want to talk about here this morning because the miracle was, was a miracle of multiplication. You know, the great thing about anniversaries is, is you can look back over the last three years and celebrate all that God has done. Now, I know that today is a, a unique day because we launched on September 8th. Today is September 11th. It's 9-11. So I had to be careful with the words I chose because while we are celebrating our church's anniversary today, today is another anniversary. And I want to just pause for a moment here in the service. 
Because I feel on this particular anniversary is also a day to reflect on what happened 15 years ago on 9-11. The reason I bring this up is because I want to pray here in a second, but tonight in the community I want to tell you about something's going on. So for the last uh, 10 plus years, I'm not sure how many years they've done it now, but they do a 9-11 walk right here at Washington Park. And we've been a part of that over these last few years and uh, many other churches and many other members of the community. And here's what I love about this event they do tonight. They reflect on the anniversary of what happened that day, the tragic events of September 11th, 2001. But what they do on this walk tonight is they use it as a time to celebrate the emergency workers in our community. Because I think all of us realize that on that day, that was one of the, uh, the blessings that came out of it. As a, a nation, we got to see the, the heroes we got to see mankind at his worst, but we also got to see mankind at his best because we saw policemen and firemen and emergency workers and people that were risking their lives to rescue others. So tonight, they're going to celebrate that. And even though it's our three-year anniversary, with it being 9-11, I want to just pray at this point for our nation and for all emergency workers who do this every single day. Lord God, we want to pause for a moment here in our service and reflect as a nation together on this anniversary from 15 years ago. Tragic event, Lord. I know every one of us here could tell a story of where we were, what was going on, how we felt. Maybe some could even tell stories of how it impacted their own personal lives. Maybe knowing someone, a friend or a relative. Maybe the profession they're in, it changed the way they felt about them being a nurse or a doctor or a policeman or a fireman. But Lord, as a nation, we do continue to pray that peace would prevail in a world where there's so much anger and so much hatred, Lord. On that day where we saw mankind at his worst, God, we know that you are the Prince of Peace. And we know, Lord, that your gospel is a gospel of peace and that change in this world can come from us. You've called us to love one another as we would be loved. And Lord, I just pray that we would be the start of change. We would work to change the world in which we live in and that that would have that knock-on effect. God, we pray for all, especially this morning, emergency workers who are a part of Connect, police officers, nurses, firemen. Lord, thank you so much for them. Thank you that we recognized on that day what a great sacrifice they make. Even recently in our community, there have been some, some sad stories of tragedy just in our community and just the thought that some of our neighbors and friends we're involved in that. We're rushing towards that. We're having to, to help out in that situation. So would you bless them, Lord, I pray, and help them. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, you know, as we look back over these last three years for Connect Church, and we celebrate all that God has done, it's great to realize, looking back, man, God wants to use what you've got. God wants to take what you've got and use it. But here's what's amazed me and why I've been reading this story a lot recently. And as we look ahead to the future now and I start to share some of the, the vision of what's coming in Connect Church, I've realized that not only does God want to use what you've got, God wants to do more than you can imagine. God wants to do more than you can imagine. You see, I've got to be honest, Casey and I, I don't think in our wildest dreams could have written a list of what you saw take place in that video this morning. But God took a very small flask of oil and multiplied it and did so much more than we could even imagine. You know, one of my favorite verses is in Ephesians. Paul is writing to the followers of Jesus in Ephesians. And he says this, he says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. 
Paul is saying, listen, God wants to do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. I can imagine quite a lot. I can imagine some pretty big dreams of what I'd love to see God do in this community. And yet God wants to do immeasurably more than that. So in this last month, God has been testing me on that whole idea. He's been testing me on, you know, how much can you dream for? How much can you believe that I will do going forward? The last three years have been great, but as you look into the future, how much can you imagine? You know, we love meeting here in this middle school. It's a fantastic environment to meet in. We have a great relationship with the school. It's just a great facility, and we are so blessed to be here. But we have this dream that one day Connect Church will have a home of its own. That we may find some land or a building and we may you know, have, a, have a place that we would call our own church. So we actually met the leadership team about six months ago with a consultancy company that worked with church plants and who helped build buildings. And they sat down and they talked about our dreams and they talked about the size of the congregation and they looked at our bank balance and they said, yeah, you may want to stay in the school a little bit longer. You know, they talked about how much it costs to buy land, how much it costs. And we, we know all this. But, you know, something very interesting came out. I mean, he says, you know, what you could start dreaming for in the meantime is to, is to have a place that becomes yours in the community. You know, you've got enough things that happen outside of a Sunday now. You know, you've got this youth group that meets. You have other meetings that take place, small groups. You have office space. You have um, all these supplies that you're gathering. It would be great to have a place in the community. So we started to dream about that. Now, at that time, we had a place. We had a great place. We were meeting in the Brewer Photography Studio, and it was just working great. Our office was there, and our youth group met in there. But we were finding towards the end of last spring that it was, we were kind of growing out of it. There wasn't enough room for all the small groups, and um, it, was, it was a good problem to have. So we were dreaming, what would it look like to try and find somewhere else for the youth? And, and, and all this was going on, and then God really kind of put my faith to the test about a month ago. So about a month ago, we found out that um, there were some changes taking place at the building that our offices were based out of, and we could keep the offices there, but we were going to have to move the youth to somewhere else. So we started to look around for other places in the community, and um, maybe we could have the youth meet here, and we could do this here. And we just started to pray as a leadership team, God, what if there was a place here in Washington that we could just move everything to? Our youth group could meet there. We could have our offices based out of there. We could keep all of our supplies there throughout the week. This would be where we would be able to do ministry outside of a Sunday morning. A place that we could kind of put a sign up outside and say, this is Connect Church's headquarters. You know, we now have a place in Washington. You know, it's funny, the, uh, the video at the very beginning was the video we showed on the very first Sunday, and it was that moon landing, and the astronaut, you know, had his flag in the moon, and it had Connect Church flashing up there, and it, I've been thinking, wow, wouldn't it be great to, like, plant a flag and say, hey, people, this is, because we have to take ours down every Sunday afternoon. <laughs> For about two hours on a Sunday morning, those flags say, this is Connect Church, but only, no, it's not anymore. <laughs> It'd be great to have that flag could stay. So we were dreaming, we were praying, we were asking God, knocking on some doors. And as we move into the next chapter, beginning our fourth year as Connect Church, I am super excited to share some news with you this morning. And uh, I'm going to share it via video. The, the, the sound's not great, but um, check out this video, then I'll come and explain it afterwards. So I am stood right now in the middle of Washington Square. I'm sure all of you recognize this, this background behind me. I'm stood by the fountain here. 
Maybe you've been up here as a family sometime to eat some lunch or sit in the sunshine. Maybe you went across to Holland's Mercantile and got some candy or went across to Den Hart's for a bite to eat. This is like the hub. This is the center of Washington. And I feel like this is the heartbeat of our community. So I am so excited to let you know this morning that where we will be located is just a couple of blocks from the, the, the heart here of Washington. So come with me. I want to show you it. So after just a short walk down from the square, just a couple of blocks there, I am so excited this morning to be able to reveal to you uh, the brand new headquarters of Connect Church. <laughs> There's the flag. <laughs> So, let me tell you the story. This, this wonderful building uh, has been used for a while now. So There's an antique thing, but we've been talking with the owner of the building. We're going to start renting this building. Um, if you've ever been inside, they actually have a sanctuary. Now, I want to um, stop you right there because some of you are like, well, we could meet there on Sundays. Unfortunately, and I've got someone out there right now counting parking spaces. <laughs> Because I am 99% sure, but just to make sure, because I think this particular building comes with 40 parking spaces, and I'm pretty sure that we've used more than 40 just this morning. So outside of a Sunday, this will serve us great. Sunday mornings, we plan on still being in the middle school. There is so much more room to grow here on a Sunday morning. We have great parking, great facilities, great space here in the gym for more and more people to come, and a great relationship with the middle school. But I'm super excited now that from Monday through Saturday, we'll have a place where our youth can meet, where we can have our office space, where we can store things, where um, there's a coffee bar kind of area where I think we're going to try and get that going so where the youth can come and hang out outside of youth nights. They can have a, uh, maybe an after a Friday night after the football game or after school. Justin's super excited about some of the um, opportunities this brings. But I have to be honest with you, this story of the widow has been going around in my head a lot because when we started to meet with this guy, we got to the point of realizing that we could rent the whole building. And it's a big building. <laughs> it's actually a lot bigger than what we need right now. So I started to question, ah, you know, maybe we should just do a little bit or maybe we should just, but I just kept feeling like God was, was leading us in the direction of, of looking at the building as a whole. And then I read this story again. And I was reminded of what God wants to do when you'll, you'll take something small and give it to him. I felt like God was, was challenging me and saying, how much are you willing to trust me? There's a lot that I want to do in this community. Because you see, do you know when the oil stopped pouring? We read that story a second ago. When, when did the miracle stop? When did the oil run out? When the jars, when they ran out of jars. I think the oil would have kept pouring and pouring and pouring. But when they ran out of jars, that's when the oil stopped. In fact, the widow's faith can be measured by the number of jars she collected in response to the prophet's instructions. I don't want to put a cap on what God wants to do in this community. This building is a big building, but I believe that God wants to do some amazing things through this building. I think he's got some wonderful plans for Connect and for this community. 
I was actually sharing this with a, a friend of mine. We, we ride bikes together, and uh, he works for Caterpillar, and we were talking about this just a couple of weeks ago. We were out for a ride, and I was telling him about the building and some of my fears and some of my you know, dreams of what we could do with this building. He says, Dave, he goes, I'm getting excited as you tell me about this building. I'm getting excited when, you hear me, when I hear you talk about growth and future opportunities. He goes, because right now where I work, I'm hearing the opposite. I'm hearing cutbacks and, you know, everyone's scared and we need to cut back and, and things are shrinking. He goes, it's exciting to hear some good news about growth instead. And I realized that day riding my bike that God's economy isn't driven by the world's economy. That God wants to do so much. And I think there's a, a, a lot that we can do through this building. And I'm excited about what the future's going to bring. So we are going to tell you more about this opportunity as it comes. There will be um, uh, some more announcements coming up. We'd like to go in there and, and do some renovating and make some changes. So we may need some help from you in a couple of areas. We're going to need some help financially. And then we're hoping to try and get in before the weather gets too cold and uh, have a day where everyone shows up and you bring your work clothes and we'll get in there and we'll clean and we'll do some painting and, and we'll really kind of um, get that building really set for all that God wants to do through this in our community. We've got so many ideas, so excited, and, and moving into year four as Connect Church, I am so excited that we will have a place now in the community where there will be a sign outside that says Connect Church, and dozens of cars will drive by every day, and hopefully that name will continue to say to our community, this Connect Church is a church that wants to make a difference in your life, that wants to make a difference in your community. You see, here's the thing. I want to close out with this last thought this morning for you. I was at a meeting this week, and um, we were talking about some different things, and a guy was there, and he showed this video clip to, to illustrate a point he was making, and it really stirred something up in me. So I'm going to play this video clip and explain it to you here in a second. So uh, I think you'll recognize this guy, but check out the clip. First of all, you have to meet God with life. I do not believe that any man, that any man can solve the problems of life without Jesus Christ. Religion without a personal encounter with Jesus Christ will not save the soul and it will not bring the peace that your soul longs for. Do you know Christ? Are you prepared to meet God? How do you prepare? Listen. First, you repent of sin. That means you change your whole way of thinking about God and about yourself and about life. If you call upon him, he will forgive. If you repent, he will forgive. If you turn to Christ and trust only in the cross and the blood of Christ, he will forgive. Lord, I go to church. Señor, yo voy a la iglesia. Lord, I treat my neighbors right. Señor, yo trato a mi vecino bien. I'm not a real bad person. En realidad, yo no soy una mala persona. But God says we've all sinned. I'm going to ask you to come from all over this stadium and make that commitment tonight. You're not coming to me, you're coming to Jesus. You know, I watched that video this week and I just, for a moment, thought about that man's life. Do you know, I can trace my own journey of finding Jesus to Billy Graham. My parents weren't, didn't grow up in the church. Someone came and uh, introduced Jesus to them. The family that introduced Jesus to them. The dad in the family. He was at Billingsgate in London back in the 60s or the 50s when Billy Graham came to preach. And he went to one of his crusades and became a Christian on that day. 
So I can trace my salvation in Jesus back to a crusade that this man did back in the 50s. And I bet some of you could too. And here's what's crazy. So starting in the 50s, right up to the early 2000s, he traveled the world, spoke to millions and millions of people, was known as a great communicator. But you know, he only actually ever really preached one message. He didn't have lots of different messages, lots of different you know, clever sermons. His basic message was that God loved mankind so much that he was willing to send his one and only son, Jesus, to die on a cross so that we could have a relationship with him. He was saying, people, we're sinners. We have fallen short of God's standard of perfection, but because of Jesus, because Jesus died in our place, we can know him in our hearts. And he would preach that same message again and again. And hundreds and thousands of people streamed forward at his crusades to say, I want that Jesus in my life. I want you to leave this morning with that message ringing in your ears. I want to celebrate all that God's done in Connect over the last three years. I'm excited to tell you about this building that we think God's going to use for the uh, three, four, five, however many more years to come. I'm excited by what happens here on a Sunday morning. But Connect Church isn't a building. Connect Church is a group of people with a message that that man preached faithfully for his entire life. That God loves you so much. That you can try and do life on your own. You can try and be good enough. You can try and make the right choices. You can try and do it in your own strength, but you will always fall short. God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die in your place. It's not about coming to church on a Sunday. It's not about being a part of a church. It's a personal relationship with our heavenly father. It's it's a bowing of the knee saying, God, I am a sinner. I've messed up. I can't do this in my own strength. I need you in my life. It's asking him to forgive you for the wrong things you've done, asking him to be the Lord of your life. It's demonstrating that publicly to others by being baptized, saying, I want others to know that Jesus has changed my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you've done for the last three years. Thank you for providing us with this amazing building that is so much bigger than we could have imagined. But we believe that you've given us a small jar of oil and we're going to say, God, take this and multiply it. And we don't want to be the ones that stop you from working because our faith is too small. So God, fill that building. Use that building every day of the week to impact this community. But God, it's not about buildings and it's not about Connect Church. It's about Jesus. We want you to know that message this morning and we want Washington to continue to hear that message proclaimed loud and clear through Connect Church, through you, because you're Connect Church. Let's pray. Father God, it is with such humility that I come before you and pray now because it really is true that for Case and I, when we were thinking about this three, four years ago, it simply felt like a small flask of oil. But just like that widow story, Lord, you miraculously did so much more than we could ever ask or imagine, immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. There is story after story that could be told this morning from people sat in this room of what you've done through the ministries of Connect Church. The last three years have been amazing, and I'm so excited, Lord, for the next three years, for all that you're going to do, Lord, in the coming year. We're excited by new opportunities, new ministry opportunities through this building, God. We're just believing that great new things are coming. But God, all of it isn't to build up the name of Connect Church. It's to build up the name of Jesus in this community. Because Jesus, you are 
who you are the person that changed our lives. You are the one that died for us. And we want everyone to know that. We want everyone to experience that in their lives. So thank you, Jesus. You get all the glory and all the praise this morning. We love you so much. Amen.